Fat Force Radio. Fat Force Radio is rated M for mature. Or should that be immature? Hey guys, Dustin Wint. Hey, this is Scott Snyder. This is Paul Dini. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. And you're listening to Bat Force Radio. Listening to Bat Force Radio. This is Tom King. I write Batman Bitch. And this is Bat Force Radio. Alright guys, welcome back to Bat Force Radio, the Batman slash DC podcast with no limits. Cheddar Bob approved, Hank Hill approved, you know, we got the stack crew in. Hope everyone had a good Easter. I got the Trunkler from Chirac. Hey, what's going on? And I got Robin Cross up in Canada. Aboot, eh? Nice, we got the stack, good stack. We got a fat, Trunkler said we got a fat stack to light up tonight, man. A fat comic book stack. Some heavy hitters tonight, we got Batman White Knight number 7. Batman number 44, Deathstroke number 30, which is the Deathstroke Batman uh, battle, and yep. uh, Green Arrow number 39. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think we got I think we got some Nightwing too and uh, and some news. <clears throat> but, uh, but uh, you know, we got the boys in. Um, good good week for comics. Uh, Two weeks worth of, I mean, back to back. Back to back, boy. Back to <laughs> back to back champs, oh, huh, Trunks? Back to back champs. I mean, <laughs> shit, uh, last week you had the finale of Metal. That's and right, yeah. Doomsday Clock oh, and shit. Detective and he's, he's packing it, man. There aren't many small weeks lately, though, because even even the weeks where there isn't a Batman or a White Knight or a Doomsday Clock, there's still Detective and everything else. That there's always something good coming out every week. All right, let's let's give the crowd what they want first. The hottest Bat book in the streets, Batman White Knight by Sean. Gordon Murphy. Man, that guy sounds like a fisherman, doesn't he, dude? Like, whenever you say that name, like, I think about, like, a yellow raincoat out in the rain, like, catching salmon and shit, dude. <laughs> Shout out to Sean Murphy, though. This guy is um, MVP right now, man. Batman White Knight is the hottest Batman story in the streets. Batman White Knight number seven. Fresh off the rack. Um, we open up. Jack Napier uh, transformed back into the Joker in the middle of the uh, Gotham City Police Department, didn't he? Yeah, he is at a point now where the medication isn't really working and he's starting to lose control and yeah. turn back to Joker. He's like cutting in and out. Like every cop, including Nightwing and a Batgirl, have guns pointed to him while Harley's trying to get him to turn back into Jack Napier. Then Gordon uh, tells everybody to suit up because um, oh, it has something to do with uh, the Joker going to see Batman, isn't it? Or Jack Napier going to see Batman. Basically, last issue... Neo had uh, set off freeze that old freeze tech and froze the city. Yeah, and put the message to send Joker. So the only person that's that's going to be able to stop her is is Joker. Jack convinces Gordon that you know, well, I have to give her what she wants. You know, it's it's either she's going to be stopped by either me or Joker. How about how about that next so panel? The, uh, yeah, that's I was just gonna I was just gonna jump <laughs> on that too. That I nice mean, uh, two page uh, spread there of we uh, <laughs> Batman still in shackles here in Arkham. Nightwing and Barbara have shown up, and Barbara's questioning why he ha- he hasn't just broken out because obviously he knows how to walk in and out of Arkham at will. But uh, he knows what's coming already, so he's not making any move to leave. He knows that uh, Jack is going to need him to stop Neo Joker, so he's just biding his time and. Mm. waiting for jack to come to him so jack and harley meet with um neo joker 
um, where she has that mega freeze gun. I, I love looking at that uh, that panel of all the different villains. Uh, Ivy Murphy. being one of them. Ivy being one of the villains. Ivy being one of the villains. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> uh, I, I always like to see, and I'm sure everyone else does, um, how artists portray their vision of the villain, mm. especially in a story that's not canon. I mean, supposedly it's not canon. They got Baby Doll on Croc. That was a nice touch. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, they all look really cool. Uh, basically, Neo's telling Jack that Joker has to come back. And that's the only way that any of this is going to end. And we see a really cool scene here where he sort of concedes, you know, okay, you you want Joker, you'll get Joker. But uh, he starts to leave because he knows that he knows he's going to need Batman. Mm -hmm. So uh, he starts to walk out. And when Neo asks where he's going, we see him break back to Joker again. So for the first time, what? when he's been doing these breaks, original Harley and new Harley, Neo Joker, are both in the same room when he snaps to being Joker for a second. Yep. One of them wants it to happen. The other one doesn't want it to happen, but they're both frightened when it happens. Yep. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. And then he looks like he calls her a brat, and she's like, uh, okay, in fear, the Neo Joker. <laughs> and that was cool, because I'm like, look, man, you don't fuck with the Joker, man. I always said, oh, even, oh. even with metal... When they brought the Joker in the Batcave to fight the Batman who laughs, I was like, yes, because you can't have the Batman who laughs just doing all this shit while the Joker's at, you know, out of the story, out of the picture, man. Joker's there. You don't fuck with the Joker, man. He's the greatest villain of all time. So to have him snap out of it for that second and, like, kind of, like, put Neo Joker into check was pretty badass. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, I was going to say, Robin pointed out a good, uh, a good part by every time we see Neo Joker... She's always, you know, kind of got that evil, menacing look. But when Joker snaps on her, she kind of has that. Like the animated series when Harley Quinn, you know, don't try to rub your Harley and, you know, Joker snaps on her. That kind of like, whoa, okay. <laughs> All right, Puddin. Yeah, Jack knows they have to give her to, she he has to give her to Joker. And that's when he, yeah. uh, I, I like, uh, I like their dialogue on the next page here. Uh, uh, Jack and Harleen, where Jack is talking about everything he wanted to do for the city and what he thought he was successful at doing was showing Gotham that they didn't need Batman and Batman was a problem that following the rules, you know, wasn't working because he's, talking about how he had done everything he could to to show the city they didn't need Gotham, they could work by the rules, yada yada, but things are going bad, and Harley uh, lays into him that you didn't do things by the rules, you you broke all of the rules yeah. to make all of this happen, you, you used all of the criminals. Yep, Yeah. and then when he goes to get Batman, in exchange for Batman's help, Batman wants a full confession from the Joker. Uh, for everything mm-hmm. and then um he, jack neighbor tries to convince batman that uh he's not the joker and he made gotham a better place and then batman goes but you but you broke the law to do it and then he and then jack says so do you and i thought that was a really good point um, and then the the further thing that he says there t- uh you might have been better than the joker but you're no better than me mm. yeah uh if if you think i i have to disagree with what he said there though because yeah jack sort of in the end had the same mission as batman he he thought he was helping Gotham. But yeah, Batman breaks the law when he helps Gotham. But he doesn't unleash villains to destroy parts of the city mm. to achieve it. Yeah, but then what about all that collateral damage they keep talking about as well? There's but actual that fun also, to that, that also gets addressed in this issue, which is something really cool. Uh, I'll, uh, I'll save it till we get to that page. Jack Nabian, Batman. I love how Batman just leaves Arkham in his bat suit. He ain't even take off his bat suit to be in Arkham. It's like he can do whatever he <laughs> wants. He knows how to break out of Arkham if he wanted to. Batman, you know, he's, he knows what's going on this whole time. It's Batman. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's been thinking this entire time, yeah. like how everyone was fooled. As Batman says, everyone was fooled that 
the Joker is this Jack Napier guy yeah. that he's turning new leaf that he's you know not the Joker. Batman's always known. This was so great about some, uh, Batman comics is it's not always about the previous issue of Batman you know knocking people out, punching, but just totally mind fucking the villains. You know, it's all a chess game in his head. It's one big relish dog. Hold the ketchup, boy. Oh, man. One big uh, deep dish with sausage patty. <laughs> sausage patty. Man. Woo. Anyway, um, <laughs> one thing that I, one thing that really got me excited was, you know, Napier says, or, you know, I'm assuming you're going to have to drive, or you're going to drive, and Batman jumps in the driver's seat, and Napier jumps in, and he agrees the deal, and then Batman whips his head over and says, but first, tell me what happened to Robin. But even before that, Jack's talking about how Harley was the best thing that ever happened to him. And Batman agrees. Yeah. And spoiler alert, Sean Murphy teased something recently about Jack and Harleen getting married, didn't he? He certainly did. He showed us that uh, that panel. Uh, if you don't want spoilers, stop listening for a second right now. The panel that Sean Murphy tweeted was Jack and Harley having a wedding. And Sean Murphy himself uh, was the <laughs> priest. <laughs> He got off the fishing boat and put on his... Uh, I still think that he's also Nightwing in this book. Yeah. Dad, Jack tells Batman what really happened to Jason Todd, that he didn't he has kill him. To, he has to uh, uh, fight the Joker part of him to, to even access those memories, though. Yeah. yeah. Uh, he, that, that Joker side was hiding it. But uh, I'm not, I don't know what the likelihood is of this, but it could also be Joker fucking with Batman, making this up. Yeah, that's possible. Uh, it's, a, yeah, it's a possibility, you know but I'm not sure. Yeah. Um, Robin gave in, J- Jason Todd gave in and gave up Batman's identity and saying that he wished he never met Bruce Wayne. And- now, it is worth noting that that was after you know, having been tortured and beaten. And then he finally cracked when Joker put the uh, switchblade to his throat. I mean, yeah, because yeah. he was just a young Robin. He wasn't, you know, book of book of yeah. Jason Todd yet, Red Hood. Like he, just, <laughs> he was a he was a youngin, you know. So well, he was like Takashi yeah. Six Nine, you know, at this point. <laughs> well, I mean, I mean, just that panel. I mean, tugging on the heartstrings there. I mean, you see Jason Todd who's all beaten, bloody. And Joker's got the switchblade to his neck. Instead of, you know, yeah, saying, I wish I never met Bruce Wayne while he's in tears. It's like, Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> I mean, and then when Batman finds out Jason's alive. Yeah, that's going to be interesting. Damn. That's like a card to play towards the end of the story if he if he wants to. So. Or for the sequel. Yeah, which is inevitable yeah. because DC likes money. So it's really cool showing that Batmobile drive through an icy Gotham City. Um, mm-hmm. This artwork... I tell you, man, all these other guys not meeting deadlines, doing one every two months, and, and Sean Pump churning these comics out. I don't know how he does it, but uh, they could take a note from the fishermen, man. And again, you know, we have to bring in Matt Hollinsworth, who yeah. did a great job as the colorist, man. Mm. Just adds the whole feeling. It's badass. Jack Napier knows the identity of Batman because of the investigation he did with the Batman Devastation Fund. It was like a paper yeah, trail. Yeah, that's, uh, that's the other part I was talking about. Uh, was that that whole fund that Jack had reported that the Batman fund to fix all of the collateral damage was coming from taxpayers. Yeah. But Jack had actually found the truth was that all of that money, the entire fund, was paid for by Wayne-owned companies. And Shake Shack. Wayne Enterprises yeah. <laughs> owns Shake Shack. So. And uh, something I wanted to get back to, too. Uh, on that page where we see Joker torturing... Uh, Jason Todd, there's a rare splash of red on that page. The only other place, for the most part, in these issues 
the only place we really get red. Like red is typically reserved for for Harley. Hmm. Uh, that that red jacket that she wears. So this is the only other page that has uh, really any red in the issue. Kind of interesting to see that splash on this page when it's uh, it's not present anywhere else. So Nora Freeze is um, alive. Yeah, she survived uh, flying out. Hmm. Uh, she's still unconscious, and Freeze doesn't want her to see what he's become. You know, like what happened to the city because now not not so much what he's become but you know that the city is still suffering because of his family's creation and he's wow this is really interesting he's talking about the tunnels that they dug through to um transport this massive ice gun yeah all the materials yeah yeah and and all the workforce that were required to build it yeah it, it makes sense that they wouldn't have been able to build something that large with the uh, the workforce that it would require without people seeing it uh, it happening. So they had a series of tunnels uh, all over the city that, that led to the build site. Mm. It's clever. So then um, Bats, Napier, Harleen, Nightwing, Batgirl, and the whole Gotham City Police Department pretty much suit up, hop in a bunch of different Batmobiles to go through these tunnels. Yeah, that's, uh, that's okay. a fun part. Like uh, The GTO is assembled there. And they're going to uh, to use the GTO cars. Yeah. But Jack says, "Forget the GTO cars. I have something better." And that's where Great. he reveals that Batman's there. And yeah, they've got all the Batmobiles. <clears throat> so they end up using the the White Knight one. There's the monster truck, the Burton, the Tumbler. Yeah, they got the nice shot. The, of the animated tumbler. series, uh, the '66. Yeah, man, they go nuts. All of the Batmobiles. Who's driving the 66? Duke and Harleen? You know what's kind of cool seeing Harleen in the 66 Batmobiles because she was she would, she didn't even exist back in the 60s. Yeah. Like, so that's kind of cool to see that. And <laughs> also that uh, she's still Harleen because, you know, she's she's still got the glasses on and she's just wearing the GTO uniform. She's not wearing a, a Harley outfit. But uh, she's basically harleen but still has the giant hammer yeah yeah i mean she's there too just like the joker she's you know that's harley quinn the, Bat- <clears throat> the joker's rolling with batman as they're getting closer to um where neo joker's being held up the bats makes a comment like you know you can get inside her head she doesn't want napier so so stole her by pretending to be the joker and then he turns with the joker face on and says i won't be pretending so you know i wouldn't you know joker could be there playing everyone this whole time man that's the joker you know so uh, mm-hmm. it's hard to tell what's gonna happen and Har- harleen could be doing the same exact thing man you know it's like bonnie and clyde yeah remember how much she orchestrated uh this whole thing right back to issue one uh she was the one who was recording batman brutalizing joker yeah how uh, you know, recording that cell phone footage that uh, that went to the news and whatnot. Trunks, so if you could make one comment about this issue, what would it be? Shit. I mean, oh, I, mean I thought I... it was going to be great. <laughs> <laughs> Another excellent issue this week, man. Batcat fans are moist. Oh. <laughs> all... Yo, man, Batman number 44. Wow. What a beautiful issue, man. Yeah, it really well, is, and... The last few issues have been a uh, story arc, like, you know, the the Batman versus Ivy thing and you know, everything that came before that. You know, we've got story, you know, Batman and Selina dealing with, with other people that this issue takes a break from any conflict. And, and it is really a retrospective on 
the eras of their relationship through the history of uh, of the characters. So there's like two little two different stories going on. One story is that um, Selena and Bruce are sleeping in the mansion, and then she sneaks out. Um, and throughout the night, she pretty much breaks into this bridal dress shop, like some pretty fancy bridal dress shop, and pretty much strips down in it, relaxes, and she tries on a bunch of different wedding gowns um, to see yeah. which one she likes. Um, <clears throat> Parallel to this is flashbacks of her and Batman throughout the years um, in their different uniforms or their different costumes. Yeah. And you need to go all the way back to like the, the Silver Age, purple um, Catwoman outfit with the cape, Golden Age maybe. Well, the fir- first it goes back to when she was the cat, you know, uh, just in that uh, they even did the green dress. Right. Yeah. So, yeah, so that dates back uh, to like the Golden Age with a finger, right? When she was on that ship. Is that the one? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I think I think it's her first appearance look was uh, was the green dress. That's true because uh, Tom, Tom King even mentioned that on our show uh, when he first came on about uh, her first appearance um, on that ship. And they even talked about, I believe it was, um, was the annual number two where they showed like, um, like a, a future Bruce and Selena or yeah. at the end. Yeah, but I earlier in that issue, David, she even talks about um, when she, heard, you know, when when he helped her on that ship. Right. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they oh, continued they the previous. Yeah, and it continued from the proposal issue. Yeah, because they kept debating where they, where they, they were having. Met. Yeah, yeah, exactly. They they had the disagreement. Uh, Selena said the first time they met was, uh, I think she said the first time they met was on the street. Mm. Uh, referring to year one, the uh, the Frank Miller year one, yeah. and then mm. I think Bruce's recollection of the first time was you know the uh, the classic Bill Finger story yeah. from uh, yeah. even since that issue, which was like in the early '40s, even then it showed Batman's interest or intrigue with Selena. So this is a a relationship that's spanning almost creeping up on 80 years so it's pretty cool like think about 80 years and they never took it this far you know i think that's what tom king's going for it's pretty cool. i was gonna say the, the the flashbacks are are awesome i mean and it shows the like you said the progression of the catwoman costume yeah all the different catwoman up, up time. I mean, yeah that was really cool the hairstyles too mm-hmm. and uh, and and it, it progresses through the ages. Uh, like I've I've taken notes of uh, what era each one was as we get to it. Yeah. But uh, they even got Hush in there. Yeah. So uh, in yeah. the Batcave. Yeah. yeah. We see her uh, come up through the sewer, and she blasts her way through through the floor of the uh, the bridal shop to get in there. Yeah. But then it cuts back to another to another flashback. So this is the uh, 1947 uh, uh, Catwoman suit with the purple dress and the green cape. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's really similar also to the uh, Bronze Age look when they brought back that dress. Hmm. But uh, at that time, there was uh, there was the slits in the dress. Oof. And this one doesn't have the slits. So it's the, uh, Damn boy. it's the older version. The original Catwoman mask, I think the Golden Age, was actually really creepy and eerie, like an actual cat. Yeah. So I'm surprised yeah, they didn't yeah, do anything that, with that. 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 I prefer that they didn't, uh, you know... Not huge on that look, but uh, yeah, she's know, had so really, many other great looks. That's that true. No need to pull off. Uh, man, this artwork, man. Who is this? Is this Mikael Jenin? Jenin and um, uh, Joel Jones, right? There's a cool nod to uh, yeah. It's both of them do the art on this, and there's a cool nod to them uh, that we'll get to in the issue. Uh, I don't know if you guys picked up yeah. on it or not. I like how they drew her facial expressions changing as she tries on different dresses. It's yeah. like she can't <laughs> be bothered. It was pretty funny. This one's this one ew. This one's disgusting. And she she, <laughs> she goes, walks in the fridge. 
Just a bottle of champagne. That's amazing, <laughs> yeah. All the dresses are on the floor. I really dug the Hush flashback, actually. The only difference is she has red goggles on in this flashback, whereas I think in Hush, they were clear, almost like a blue tint. That's the only time I've ever seen them that red. But well, that... Uh, that, that look, though... Uh, that suit is uh, that actually goes back to Darwin Cook's run. Uh, that oh, was, that was uh, Darwin like, Cook's uh, design. For yeah, because he created uh, the, that yeah. modern Catwoman costume with the run. Yeah, and uh, I think the I think the goggles turned red after he left. Uh, so yeah, like the goggles went red, like Arkham City time. That costume uh, she but had. Um, that they, originally look was Darwin Cook's. And then they showed the dress she finally decides on, which is like this black and white. Yeah. Now, this is uh, the one that I don't know if you guys saw where she sees it on the rack. Uh, she grabs the price tag and uh, it says the JJ collection. And that's either Joel Jones or Janin and Jones. Yeah, I like yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, Pretty cool little. I also like $28,000 dress. Fuck me. You know, it's, it's funny the design of it. I almost it almost looks I don't know I don't want to say bats, you know, I mean, but the edges looked really interesting. Well, I know in, um I know when we were talking about on kick. I mean with the veil, I think I think it was you that pointed out that it almost looks like a funeral dress. That's what I thought, but they still had those for weddings as well. But because it's because the dress has black in it, it reminded me of a funeral as well. Could that be foreshadowing something? You fucking Joker coming in like, bam, bam. You don't fuck with the Joker, boy. And uh, the, the, <laughs> the upper portion of the dress, uh, like the shoulder straps and the back, also looks kind of leafy. Oh, she's going to marry <laughs> Ivy. <laughs> well, well remember, I, remember in the previous arc, Ivy said you might have found the cure, but it's... It'll never leave your system. Oh, a lot of shit going on here. Digging in hard, boy. I love the dress, though. You know what? All right, here's another cool thing about um the black dress was, if I remember correctly, Adam Hughes did this print, right, of all the DC women in white dresses. And, only, and he had the fight to have Selena be the only one in black. Mm-hmm. He had the fight to get that done, and it worked. She's the only one wearing a black dress, so... Yeah, um, that's a great post. Uh, I think it was titled uh, "The Real Power of the DC Universe." Really? Yeah, I believe that was the title of it. I think Wonder Woman was in center. You had like Harley and Ivy on the side. You had Oracle. Yeah, in the chair. Yeah. Zatanna. Yeah, it was really uh, it was a. Cool Black story. Canary. <laughs> it's funny because I think they all have the same face because Adam Hughes knows each other. He draws so well, but it's like it's all the same person. And it's a really cool print though. And then we have the flashback about them arguing about uh, outfits again. Yeah, well, they're, they're, they're talking about what's changed between them over the years. And basically you know, arguing that uh, it boils down to all that's, all that's changed between them is, is their clothes. Yeah, pretty much uh, sneaks back in Wayne Manor in the morning and uh, she's putting away the dress she snatched. And then Alfred looks while she's telling him to shush. That Alfred actually looks a lot, to me, he reminds me of this Batman 66 show, Alfred. The way he's drawn, I don't know if it's just me or... Uh, but uh, he kind of reminds me of that, Alfred. Yeah, I can see that. And then she uh, sneaks back in yeah. bed at 7.46 in the morning. <laughs> First of all, man. Well, The I world's fair detective. I know, but then again, I think he, <laughs> if, he's, if he lets his guard down for anyone, it's pretty much her, isn't it? I, I, I think he just knows. And yeah, yeah, he knows everything. Knows, he, knows he's, he knows he's not going to stop her. <laughs> the point. You're just going to stay in bed. Yeah, excellent issue. That was a great issue. I love issues oh, like yeah. that. You know, a nice little crowd pleasing. Uh, if you're a Catwoman fan, it was just freaking awesome. You guys, take take me through a uh, Batman vs. Deathstroke this week in the stash. <laughs> Basically, starts off 
Uh, they're in New York City. Um, Alfred's with some chick. This is many years ago. Not that Alfred can't still pick up a piece of tail, but uh, <laughs> this is in his younger years, and he's having he's at a bar slash nightclub having looks like dinner at a bar with uh with a with a woman. This guy walks up, and his name is Wintergreen. And if you've been reading Deathstroke, he's been a partner of. Wintergreen's been used for a lot of things. Uh, in some stories, Deathstroke had uh, Slade had a partner uh, before he became Deathstroke, mm. and uh, that was Billy Wintergreen. Basically, they're they're, they're talking. Um, Wintergreen is he's trying to show off, they're trying to pick up the chick that Alfred's with. Then it cuts over to them now in current time. Um, yeah, and it, it did a cool thing here because when Wintergreen approached uh, Alfred and the woman, uh, they were watching football and not American football, but soccer. Yeah. Soccer. And, uh, yeah. so, you know, he, he interrupts while they're watching the match and, uh, and having a discussion about the game. And then when it jumps forward in time, it's the two of them together still watching and discussing football. <laughs> the two of them, uh, Alfred and, and Wintergreen are talking about the issues that they're both having with, uh, their respective, uh, gentlemen, uh, cause they're talking about, uh, how they're both basically, uh, I think they refer to them, uh, yeah, two men with power to destroy the planet. And, uh, yeah, they both, uh, it, they're both sort of like dealing with uh, problem children. <laughs> Someone broke into a bank, and they didn't take any of the money from the vault. They didn't take any money from the cash registers. They broke into the safety deposit boxes, but they only took certain things. In that, there's like a bla- almost like a flashback of Robin talking and when the, he's talking about batman and one thing he says was there's a line there's a line to cross it and he's coming for you or if basically if you cross the line he's coming for you he's not a puzzle he's an etch sketch so um basically in that you you know you can't predict batman yeah um, and then they find out that uh some files that were taken right but more importantly uh like when batman shows up he the first thing he wonders is why something like this uh, was able to get the attention of the commissioner. You know, why he wasn't just letting his, his crew take care of it. So Gordon shows him the envelope that, that was left in one of the boxes. So you know, whoever broke in, rather than just taking, they broke in and they left something. So it's an envelope addressed to Batman, care of Commissioner Gordon. <laughs> and uh, then the contents of that envelope are what basically sets up what it will be the rest of, of this story. Then it, when you turn the page, you've got the, um, looks like Chinese criminal is you know, Chinese, this Chinese mob driving a van with a, uh, like a trailer behind it. And the semi truck totally cuts them off. Typical Batman style. The back of the semi truck blows up and the Batmobile comes shooting out of it. Huh. That's a, that's a damn nice Batmobile too. Yeah. That's the, um, the Batman, the animated series slash golden age front shield hybrid. That they did, that Tom King introduced in the in the Rebirth one. Just a... yeah, that was uh, David Finch's Batmobile. Yeah, he stops the criminals. He goes up to me. The only thing he says to him is, "Tell me about this envelope, the envelope that's got Batman's name on it." And he finds out that the the mob guys didn't have any have didn't have a clue of what it was. But mm-hmm. uh, you find out there's some kind of um, DNA test, biological tests that were done. You know, the uh, start learning about what's inside of that that envelope so it's something about uh dna and uh, alfred has to reassure batman that he had his own test done and they were a positive match yeah yeah uh, because this this dna test that's in this envelope is stating that someone else is damien's father what if slade is damien's father well that's uh (laughs) that's what this uh dna test is alleging 
Yeah. yeah. Kind of funny when, because when he questions Slade, he's like, I'm rich. I slept around. Who, who cares? Yeah, he basically confirms that, yeah, <laughs> he, he did sleep with, with Talia. But, my, uh, my man. <laughs> but he also says that uh, the, uh, the DNA test is false, that uh, Damien is not his. You know, tells Bruce that, you know, Damien's your kid. You know, the, this test is wrong. Yeah. Dust strokes. Excuse me. He's in the middle of a hit. Remy gets to his target. Batman jumps out through the window with a chain, wraps around fucking Slade's neck, and he's choking him while they're falling into the while they're falling from the sky, <laughs> even into the river. He's still choking him. <laughs> this is amazing. The the art on on this issue is pretty excellent. Yeah, itself. this is pretty good. This is good artwork. Priest was the yeah. one who wrote "Guns don't kill people. Deathstroke kills people." He wrote that <laughs> one. So. Yeah, Batman gives him the. The envelope. Slay reads it and said, yeah, so? <laughs> like, what's this mean? That's cool how they land on the bat wing, is it? Yeah. It swooped under them uh, as they were falling. The long and short of this is uh, Batman demanding that Slade uh, work together with him to sort this out. And Slade does. Slade's not interested, you know, wants to go about his business. Uh, Batman tells him uh, Deathstroke is closed. You know, I'll, I'll shut down every mission. I'll block every assignment until I'm satisfied. <laughs> so <laughs> such a he's, he's going to make Slade uh, cooperate with him this by is just standing in his way. Yeah, it's shaping up to be a pretty cool arc here. Oh, damn. Then Slade says shit like, you fight crime because I allow it. Robin breeds because I allow it. Don't confuse me with some lunatic who dresses like a penguin. <laughs> this is going to be good, man. Those two, it's like, those two are freaking nukes, man. <laughs> Whenever Batman and Deathstroke are in the same issue, you know it's going to be good. How about a quick sum up of uh, Nightwing? Anything exciting this week for Nightwing? Yeah, so this issue of Nightwing is the first issue uh, that's being done by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Those are the guys that... Uh, are doing Gotham City Garage. This is a one-off issue. You know, it's a, a, a one-and-done story. So even if you haven't been uh, reading Nightwing, you can just jump in and enjoy this one. And this is basically like a kung fu movie, is basically what this uh, this issue is. Yeah. All throughout it, uh, Nightwing is referring to tropes of, of kung fu movies. And we <laughs> see him basically, uh, you gather through his dialogue that he's on a mission to... Uh, to rescue Damien. And he basically fights his way through, you know, different levels of boss after boss until he gets to the top one. Uh, so, you know, we see him fighting through uh, through all the all the different uh, sort of bosses that you'd expect to see uh, in a kung fu movie uh, <laughs> until he finally reaches him at the end. Yeah, the the art's uh, a really different style than what we've had, particularly yeah. on Nightwing yeah. uh, for the for the past uh, few arcs with uh, with Chang. But uh, it, it's a really cool little uh, switch when it gets to the end. So basically, uh, when they get to the final boss, well, when Dick gets to the final boss and Damien is there, you know, chained up, uh, this final boss has an actual dragon with him. Mm. And the dragon, you know, like his, the story is that the dragon, uh, the blood of the dragon fuels uh, this this guy. So, you know, he, he can't be defeated because, uh, because the dragon is what powers him. In the middle of the fight, uh, Dick makes a point of getting to Damien and freeing him to help in the fight. Mm. And the way that uh, that they end up winning the fight in the end, uh, when the boss is telling them that, you know, why would I ever uh, surrender when I have this dragon? And then it ends with Damien jumping onto the dragon huh. and saying the dragon 
us. And then and then we get to uh, it cuts to the Batcave and Damien is uh, it's like Damien's been telling him a story the whole time. But then they have the dragon there and there's a cool little cameo. Uh, if you've been reading uh, any of the Damien stuff, uh, any of the titles he's been through for the last few years, uh, you'll recognize the cool little cameo from Batcow. <laughs> and for the main course, Green Arrow. <laughs> so the best for last, boy. <laughs> yeah. And it's funny, uh, this uh, issue, I think it's also the first uh, Green Arrow issue that is written by Jackson Lansing and Colin Kelly. Yeah, they uh, sweet boy. They did a creative. Uh, the creators changed, I think. On yeah. I don't know if uh, this is the start of a, a new arc, so I don't know if Kelly and Lansing are just doing the arc or if they're going to be continuing on. Well, it seems like uh, from this point on, uh, the two of them are writing every book. Damn. But uh, well, Tom King was nice knowing you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I nice guess you don't have to do some books, man. but uh, these guys get everything. Now. Yeah. But uh, this is a cool issue too. Uh, uh, I haven't been reading uh, Green Arrow much lately, but uh, I think the character Nothing has shown up in other stories before. Is that right? I think he's shown up once, but um, I know the previous arcs or the previous issues were relating to um, the, the Ninth Circle and changing Seattle to Star City. And I think he has shown up once before, but this is the first time that he's you know, shown up more predominantly. Was it uh, Green Arrow? Is oh, it starts off in this war-torn country yeah, rapistan and yeah. uh, in the middle east the people are basically saying you know can we just it's a war-torn so there's constantly fighting killing and there's helicopters approaching and these people are just like you know can we just have one day of nothing you know of one day of no violence oliver queen actually jumps down from the helicopter with a care package give the people and all the people just start running away and uh they actually um oliver queen doesn't know what's going on he's you know why are these people running away when he's got food and medical supplies and a rocket actually blows up the helicopter with his buddy in it. And that's when uh, you first see, you don't know who it is, but it's these armored troops. What is it? He uh, tries pulling. Yeah, he, see, he's, he sees a, a sniper off in the distance uh, trying to, to pick him off because he's green arrow. He's able to, at, at, even at that distance, he puts an arrow through, uh, through the sniper before he can take his shot. Uh, what? Yeah, I guess so. I guess the the, the countries in war torn. Um, they actually hint at it in a previous Deathstroke issue where Deathstroke went to go. I think he killed a dictator, and he was hired to kill a dictator. Oliver Queen starts questioning himself, like, well, you know, I could have taken out Deathstroke many times. I could have put an arrow through his head, through his eye. Oliver Queen, you know, um, the people start coming out of their homes, and he's giving out food, medical supplies, and he sees one of the soldiers that tried to attack that that killed his friend that tried attacking them in this uh, abandoned building. So um, basically, I mean... The gist of what's happening is Ollie was trying to bring relief to to this nation, you know, and he said when we saw him coming down from the helicopter that he heard that the supplies that were being sent in, the relief supplies, were being blocked. Uh, so he decided to bring to escort them in himself. And he finds out that, you know, he thinks he's there being a hero, helping everyone out. The country doesn't want his help. And mm-hmm. he's trying to figure out, trying to figure out why this is. And he sees that all the people are doing, uh, it looks like they're gathering things to pay tribute. And what he eventually sees is that uh, they're collecting all of the satellite dishes uh, that are in the country. And they've got to pay them to, you know, the, deliver them to this, this unknown power that is now... Uh, controlling the nation since that dictator was taken out. Because at any time, the, the people in the town do anything that 
goes against what this power is or wants. Uh, they came in, they took all their children. They took the boys, the girls away from these families. And then uh, Oliver was talking to one of the guys about what, you know, what, because, you know, he sees people taking, like what Robin was saying, almost something like tribute when he realizes um, this guy, nobody, you know, shouts out and Oliver turns around and he sees that the nobody's army is all the kids. Yeah, yeah they're, they're all armored up and carrying uh, guns and axes. And that's when he realizes that the sniper that he took out was one of these child soldiers. He's having a stare down with uh, with nothing. Hmm. And uh, eventually he uh, he draws an arrow and he's pointing it right at uh, right at nothing's head. Smash it, smacks his helmet off his uh, off his head and is going to put an arrow through him. But uh, after smashing the helmet off him, sees that nothing is a kid. And then they, so, uh, and he just he just stands down. He just drops his bow and and they walk away. Well, yeah, he, he drops. What's he drops, he gonna do? Yeah. Well, once he saw that he actually knocked off the helmet and he saw it was a kid. He kind of you know like Robin says, he's kind of hesitant there. And all of a sudden you hear a gunshot. Oliver, you know he he's been he was shot by the by nothing, by the by the leader and. You know, he drops the bow, and all the people just kind of turn out to walking away, and that's how it's end. Is everybody's everybody's walking away, and Oliver Queen is sitting there with blood coming out of his stomach. Uh, I, I like that final line as they walk away. Uh, nothing says "Welcome to Rapistan, Green Arrow." This is no place for yeah. heroes. <laughs> another another solid issue of Green Arrow. That's why I've been pulling it, boy. Uh, I don't know if uh, if the series is always like this or if it's just these guys doing it, but this uh, this sort of uh, continues the tradition uh, from like Denny O'Neill, Neil Adams' time uh, to Green Arrow being uh, a very politically and real world relevant uh, story. Yeah, um, in the um, in the previous issues, they they added to that. Or they, you know, they kept that going, but um, they kind of strayed away from that tour during when he was trying to make his comeback because he was accused of murder and he was seen as a bad guy. When he came back, actually, the, the previous issue at the end he even says he's like, he told after he's cleared his name and you know he's a free man, he told uh, Black Canary that he's like, you know, I, I got my company back, I got my money back, but how can I fight the man? If I am the man, and he, I just want—I want to be a social justice work a warrior, and he opens up foundations for kids and helping people out. People out. So they did touch on the his very political at the beginning of when Rebirth first started, but they kind of left that alone towards the last arc, mm-hmm. and then they picked it back up again. So yeah, this one was definitely um, felt that I felt like that he uh, very political driven. So we got some news about Harley Quinn in the DC uh, comic books. Yeah, there's a, a cool thing going on. There was uh, at this point, it was what just yesterday, I think, that uh, this was announced. Or the uh, uh, no, day before yesterday, maybe. Well, the the date on the press release was March 29th. So basically, uh, this uh, announcement had been uh, that Sam Humphreys, who just finished a run on Nightwing. Right. Uh, is going to be taking over on Harley Quinn. The ongoing Harley Quinn title. Yeah, so that's starting with uh, July 4th, issue number 45. And the story he's beginning with, uh, with John Timms on art, Harley is actually uh, going to be abducted by the Furies. Uh, and this is a new gods story. So Harley is going to be abducted by the Furies and uh, given the choice by grainy goodness. Huh. That she can uh, either work with them or not, uh, but she's going to. Uh, she's offering her to have superpowers 
all they need in return is for her to hunt down uh, one of the rogue furies. So I'm sure we'll see uh, when the story starts why she's being chosen. There, there has to be some reason why, uh, why they're specifically after her. But it, it's really cool that uh, they're getting into a uh, a fourth world, you know, Jack Kirby, uh, New Gods kind of story. Mm-hmm. Uh, so soon after the announcement of a movie being in the works. Oh, you think they're gonna have Margo in the fucking in the movie? So. <laughs> I just want them to bring it back to Gotham. What do they do? They uh, they reroute that over to fucking the fourth world. <laughs> they, they put on a whole well, other planet. <laughs> yeah. Well, as long as it's getting her away from Coney Island or wherever she was and all of those goofy new characters, Gang of Harleys and all that uh, stuff. Uh, yeah, like, good, you know, put her, put her with the new gods for a while and forget about all that stuff. It's veering from, you know, from the the course that the book's been on since since the New 52 run. Yeah. And uh, a lot of people, uh, we've always sort of uh, been against that uh, that tone that the book has had in that time. We've made no secret of, uh, of it not being our thing. But over the last months, the last year or more even, it's reflected in the sales of the book that, it's just been dropping, and you can see, okay, this version of Harley in the comics isn't even doing it for its core readers anymore. Yeah, it isn't even doing it for the people who buy it just because yeah. it says Harley on the title, you know? <laughs> gravy, Trunks, do you have a favorite gravy? Sausage gravy. So- <laughs> and, uh, you know, with my job, some, you know, my boss usually takes us out to breakfast, right? Nice. I hope. Restaurant? No. <laughs> No, no, no. The, Trunk uh, up. He, my boss prefers like those um, greasy spoon plates, the hole in the wall places. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and to all the restaurants out there, don't try and pass chicken gravy as sausage gravy. Oh, shit. Oh. Trunks will get like, on you. Because Trunks could taste that sausage through the gravy if it's oh, there, if it's not there, boy. Don't even try it. Because, <laughs> I mean, don't the same stuff tr- you put on, um, on like a country steak, yeah. don't try and take that sausage and. Put pieces. I uh, know. Don't try and take that sauce and put uh, or gra- that gravy. Try yeah. and put some pieces of sausage in it to uh, pass it by as true Fuck country that. sausage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How can you tell the difference, Trunks? How can you when there's an imposter gravy versus the real sausage gravy? It's usually, it's usually the, the chicken gravy is usually a little bit more sweet, and that's just a uh, that'll ruin that'll ruin your whole day. What do you, don't try and pull that. What do you throw that gravy on, boy? Usually, if I'm getting like biscuits and gravy, I'll get an extra side of gravy. Fuck and extra side of egg, gravy. Well, because because you gotta put some of that. If you put that gravy on your eggs or your ha- or your hash browns, yeah. oh, forget about it. <laughs> that that toilet's in for a rude awakening. <laughs> I wish I was getting some tomorrow, but I'm not. So Sean Risley recently said that uh, deep dish pizza is not real pizza. It's soup, boy. I don't know what you're fucking talking about. <laughs> <laughs> he was up too. He was up too late on uh, Bat Force Radio the other night. <laughs> Sleep deprived. How about you, Where's Robin? It? What's your favorite gravy, Robin? I don't know that I have a favorite gravy. Uh, I'm sort of a, a gravy novice as far as uh, different kinds. Like, I just knew, uh, I always knew gravy as just being liquid meat, and that that was all. <laughs> liquid meat? <laughs> so how, how's this? When, when you walk into a when you walk into a Tim Hort and you can have anything on the house, what, what, what kind of a drink would you get? From? Drink at Timmy's? Uh, I just go with... Uh, Extra large steep tea. Would you put gravy in it? Maybe on a dare. <laughs> <laughs> Since we're on the topic of food, uh, I feel obligated to bring this up now. Conspicuous by his absence tonight is Bat Force Tom. 
And we were handed this ridiculous story that he was busy studying for something tonight. (laughs) But it's quite obvious based on his story posts from earlier tonight that right now at this moment, guaranteed Tom is sprawled out on his floor of his Keaton room, flattering cupcakes all over his nude body. Guarantee that's what he's doing right now. Oh, Tell man, those studying some work crap. Dude, those cupcakes are no joke. When I went to go visit Tom a couple years ago in WonderCon. I mean, his wife hooked us up with some cupcakes, man. I mean, we got those at least, I think, two other times. No joke. Those are some bomb-ass cupcakes, man. Trunks, don't worry. When you make it to New York or New York Comic-Con, Trunks, don't worry. We're going to take you to fucking Shake Shack, boy. We're going to show you. I'm going to go there. I'm going to show you the light, boy. I want to go there. I want to go to Rosa's. Oh, Rosa. Oh, forget about Oh, Rosa. That's going to change your life, too, boy. Martha's Bakery. Oh, my. Yo, Mark. Jesus. In, in, within a half an hour. Yes. And then uh, you got to top off the trip with a, uh, with a visit to Midtown Comics where you go up to the second floor, grab a comic off the wall, and jump through the window. 